This is Travis Parker from The Muscles, and you're listening to Undergroundopolis. So people come to America for a variety of reasons. Right? Freedom, opportunity. My dad came to America for canned meats. That's right, canned meats. He was a Korean soldier, obviously in Korea. He saw American soldiers in the mess hall eating canned meat, and that's when he knew, I've got to go to America. <laughs> I came here when I was seven, went to Walmart, and I was floored. Shelves upon shelves of canned meat. I saw a white hippie dude walking down the aisle with his sandals. I went to him and said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm more woke now, so I know Jesus is not an American. He's a Mexican. Yeah, he's a mere tight. With buddy buddies, mi amigo. Now, not just the infinite amount of canned meat, but the variety of canned meats like beef chicken, tuna, and even Spam. Because Spam is its own mystery meat. I grew up on Spam. Anyone else grew up in Spam? Any other fellow poor people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of you are the privileged motherfuckers. Born with a silver butt plug. Welcome to Undergroundopolis, everyone. It is that time again, and tonight I'm very excited to have my first stand-up comedian on the show. And I started when I started this show that it was going to be for musicians and comedians, and then I kind of got away. I never did get any comedians right away, but now that I'm starting to get some that want to come, I'm saying, "Hey, I want to be on your show," and I'm like, "I'd love to have you." So tonight it's my first interview with comedian, so bear with me; it might not be perfect, but you know. That's how I jumped into the show to, to, to begin with. I was it, the first few episodes weren't perfect. None of them are perfect, but they, we just get, get, keep getting better and better. And I think I've, I've got some pretty good questions for my man here. And of course, I'm going to tell you every time: open mic at Dundee Tavern, twenty-two twenty-four, Dundee Road, every Wednesday night from seven to ten. Acoustic singer-songwriter, original music encouraged. Backline provided, Cajon provided, and it's a real good time. It's been a real good crowd every every Wednesday this year. It's been a pretty good crowd, and the tips have been there for performers. There you go. All right, we'll bring my guest on. Just tell us who you are and where you're from. Um, Samuel Lee, and wow, thank you for inviting me. I'm your first comedian in your podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, I've had a few wow. say they wanted to come on and they never show up. Showed <laughs> mm, you up, huh? Like <laughs> fucking fucking artists. <laughs> That's where they are, right? M- musicians are just as bad. Don't don't get take the throw. Musicians are just as freaking freaking <laughs> flaky as every every other performing artist, man. <laughs> Yeah, I man, that's what they do, right? Music, yeah. comedy, because they can't hold down a job. <laughs> well, well, start with question one. How did you get into stand-up comedy? So I've always uh, respected uh, the art of stand-up. I mean, of course, it makes you laugh. It's a great way to, you know, wind down or just de-stress. But, like, I find these comedians, they really say things that you can't say anywhere else. 
And not only is it funny, but I think I find them very insightful, right? So, you know, Dave Chappelle is amazing. Um, Andy Anzari is amazing. So uh, I really respect what they do. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I would love to be able to <laughs> say those things. Uh, and not just the curse words, but I mean, just talk about those things uh, that other people uh, might be afraid to talk about. You can't talk about during dinner. Um, so. I gave it a shot. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm like in my 40s, but I never said, you know, so it's too late to do anything. So I went and did an open mic. And actually, my first open mic, surprisingly, it went well. You know, it's like what they call the beginner's luck. Usually, you're, like, you're not expecting anything. So you usually get more relaxed, and it went well. I mean, I bombed the next few times, but uh, I fell in love with it. Is it something you always wanted to do? Not, not, not when I was young. I, I never imagined myself doing stand-up. Um, I, you know, uh, I again, like I said, I grew up watching them. I, I admire them, um, love their courage and humor. But I never saw myself as a funny person. Um, so, yeah, I never saw myself there. Pretty interesting how things turn out, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you do you crack jokes in real life, or are you or are you a serious person? Uh, so uh, I, I, I have kids, I have three kids, and if you become a dad, I think it, it's just something happens where you start making dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think part of it is actually because you know when the kids are young, they're really the best crowd. They just laugh at everything, any silly thing that you do. Um, so I think maybe that's it. Like, you know, you have a real good captive audience, so you start making jokes. Um, so, yes, I make jokes, but uh, usually just on my family. Outside, at work, um, actually I don't. Um, to be honest, I always worry about, you know, how will they take this joke? Will they know that I'm being sarcastic? Um, it's just, just so much anxiety around the world, right? How you will be perceived. So I don't usually joke around when I'm at work or other places. Um, and that's why I think I, I fought for this stand-up stage where like I can go and there's an understanding that what I say uh, shouldn't be taken too seriously. Oh, doggy. Right. That, that, that's my dog. Someone's coming in. I'm going to let him out. Do your thing, dog. <laughs> so how do you come up with material so there is uh, obviously like you know observation um, again kids provide a <laughs> lot of uh, funny moments um, actually all of life I think if, we, if I just stop and pay attention and just think about it there are a lot of contradictions in life I think right um, and so you just kind of think about it and just parse out those contradictions. Um, so, uh, for example, like, well, again, parenting, right? You know, people say uh, when you're a parent that it gives you so much meaning and joy and happiness. Um, yeah, but it also really stresses you out, right? It, it, it's, you feel like that you've lost your life. Like your uh, adulthood, your identity has been stripped away. 
But parenting actually is both. At one level, you are feel fulfilled. At another level, you feel like you have no life of your own. And so you just kind of parse that out. How do, uh, how do people react when you tell them that you're, that you do stand up? <laughs> uh, I don't tell everybody. <laughs> uh, so I'm just being real with you here. Um, obviously my family knows, my friends know, but like I said, there's this anxiety, right? Um, you know, in certain circles, like, is stand up recognized as an art? Or is stand-up, right now, right, there's a lot of uh, backlash against stand-up comedy, right? They think uh, stand-up comedy, some of the comedians are going too far, right? Uh, they don't respect uh, certain groups of people. Um, and, and so you kind of worry about it, right? Like, I mean, like Chris Rock getting slapped and Dave Chappelle getting attacked. And, and so yeah. if I tell some circles of my, uh, you know, whether it be my work or whether it be some of my associates, would they accept that? If, if they heard me, would they, like, you know, not hang out with me anymore? And they take everything I say at face value? So, again, just being real, I, I worry about that. So I'm very judicious about who I share this with. When you came on my show, it's going to go all over the world. <laughs> what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> well, if it goes all over the world, then fuck it. Then I have to live with it now. <laughs> Are you a smoker or a past smoker? Then you know how tough it is to quit having nothing to do with your hands. Constantly feed Jones and pour that cigarette or vape. That's why you got to check out Fume. Fume is the natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes. It's a no smoke. No vape and no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oil studied to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to stimulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like cozy chai, lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. And all of their flavors are 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. And they also have that minty throat hit that everybody likes. Quitting is tough, but Fume can really help. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who have tried it. everything else that this worked. Since there is no smoke or vapor cloud, you can use Fume anywhere. Anywhere. There's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> For somebody like me that flies all the time and being able to use Fume in the air and in the airport is a huge difference maker. Whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with craving, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Head to breathefume.com and use the promo code ROB to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com and use the promo code ROB. That's me. Who, well, who would you say you saw that you would have? That made you know what I'd really like to do that, other than maybe Dave Chappelle, and why? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so, um, uh, who's that guy? Man, right now I'm losing his name right now. Um, 
He's uh, from Boston. He uh, he stars in that Star Wars Mandalorian. Who's that comedian? You know what I'm oh, talking about? Gosh, I can't think of his name either. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're having a a cold brain fart here. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the dude, that guy. <laughs> um, he um. Like, he's able to talk about, again, I guess going back to what I was saying where I stand up, like, he talks about everything, right? Um, he does, a, like, one bit about how, um, like, there there is uh, movies that uh, show, like, <laughs> uh, white people as evil, right? And it, these kind of movies where, you know, it's about how you know, people overcome racism but it's always pitted against the white people who it's like against black joining becoming football or joining the swimming club. And he makes a bit about like, well, you know, yeah, okay, there's some, you know, asshole white people. But don't you think that people of color who also are assholes and kind of say racist stuff? I would love to hear that in the movie. Like I think that's like on spot. Like, you know, that happens actually. Um, but in this PC world, like we can't say that. Um, but she is able to say that, but make you laugh about it, so you don't become defensive, and then now you could kind of think about it, like, oh, you're right, like, racism is kind of pervasive, right? It's not just, uh, you know, the, the, the work of the white people alone, even people of color are racist <laughs> to each other. Um, so I, 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 uh, I learned from him, I, I love the way he makes some true statements but makes it uh, something that you consider because it's so funny the way he tells it. I, I think it's Bill Burr. There we go. Thank you. I knew I did Bill. <laughs> yeah, that guy's hilarious. Oh my goodness. I won't lie. I googled. <laughs> I googled real quick. <laughs> Thanks to Google. <laughs> see, where would be? Where would we be without Google? Right? How do we live before Google? We walk around with nothing. Just spewing ignorance. We we ho- hope he has like a, a, an encyclopedia set that was current. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, as doing your stand up, how do you practice material? Good question. Um, so, I realize that every comedian has their own method. Um, for me, I begin first by writing it. I, I feel like by putting it on paper. I'm able to really play with the ideas, play with the words. You know, sometimes I write like uh, two or three different punchlines. Um, after I write it, then actually I uh, read it out loud. See how it sounds. I, I realize another aspect of comedy, maybe much like music, it's the uh, performative part, the sound, right? It's not just the meaning of the word, but the sound of the word. Um, and then after that, um, I stand up before the mirror, I record myself, and I want to see if I am uh, making the words and my gestures uh, brought together so it's, it's funny. Um, and then after that, I go up to the open mic. And man, I'm telling you, like, uh, it never goes as planned. And I, I think that's why you really have to do a lot of open mics. Like where I imagine myself getting a lot of laughs, 
it's like dead silence. You could hear other people's heartbeat type of silence. And that sucks. But, but hey, you learn, right? Like, why didn't, oh, because the punchline was a bit weak, right? Uh, or maybe the premise wasn't set up clearly. Or actually, it could be a simple thing as, like, the tone of the last word was incorrect. It's very sensitive art. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, at the end, you really have to test it with an audience. Hmm. Have you ever just completely bombed on stage? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Give us an example. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, there's so many examples, but, like, uh, I mean, there's one bit on the minivan that I do. I mean, I really thought it was very fun and creative, like, about how the minivan turns a man into a sexless being, that when you drive in a minivan, you are not desirable at all. <laughs> and, and then all the car makers, they try to uh, sell you, they try to lie. They, so they give names of, like, you know, these minivans as adventures, right, or exotic destinations like Honda, Odyssey, or Nissan, Quest, or, like, Toyota, uh, Sienna. But, I mean, if you, with the minivan, you basically, the only type of Odyssey is going to be groceries, right? <laughs> you just two miles to Kroger's, that's all you're doing with the minivan. Right. Uh, so I thought that one was developing hilarious, but as I was saying it, like, you know, there was kind of a pity chuckle, but it was dead silent. Um, I thought it was funny. We're not... <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I but, did. Uh... I thought that was funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, and, and I think it's like uh, you got to refine it, right? If, if the the core, like, punchline right, is, is, is a good one, then you got to really make it sh- – uh, Without fat, try to take out as you know as much as unnecessary, as much unnecessary words as possible. Take it out. Try different words. Work, work on your timing. You, you don't give up. But but at the moment when you do fail, when you bomb, I'm telling you, when you go back home, you feel miserable. Like I try to fill the emptiness after a total bomb. Like I eat like instant noodles. <laughs> I eat cakes. Uh, I jerk off. <laughs> you know, just try to get like, this emptiness out. Right? Take a long bath, drink wine, whatever. Uh, you know, it, it, it comes with the territory. Uh, and, but usually, usually a good night's sleep helps you out, though. You just sleep. You wake up the next day. There's something about sleep, and I love sleep. I mean, you wake up and you feel like, oh, you know what? Uh, you don't have to kill yourself. Like, you know, it's not that bad. No. <laughs> okay, was, uh, that was funny as hell to me. That, that, this last little bit was funny. So. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Have you ever had to deal with hecklers? Well, uh, not yet. I okay. Mean, there was one fan who was calling my name out, Samuel Lee, Samuel Lee. And it turned out she was a fan of mine. Like, wow, okay. Uh, I don't know where. No, actually, she was probably very drunk. <laughs> she was just very drunk. But that was as close as I got to a heckler. So I, I, I lucked out. Um, now, I do, like, um, like write up stuff. What I would say if a heckler says, you know, A or B. So I'm trying to prepare for different types of scenarios. And I hope I am prepared. Uh, if a hacker comes along, uh, that I'm able to turn that into a funny moment. Uh, but not yet. Not yet. You're, you're hoping for a heckler. I would be if I was to be. <laughs> I, 
I would be like, yeah. <laughs> I've gone to the car- caravan before. I've gone to caravan before. Yeah. At the table. Yeah. I've gone there and watched shows. Sit right there at the table and the table got called. You kind of look like a serial killer. What? (laughs) (laughs) And my buddy tried to heckle the comedian. That comedian roasted him. I can't. I don't know. I I don't. I think he said, sir, leave the comedy to professionals. He said, uh, number one, nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear you. Number two, you're not funny. <laughs> I think that's what it was. He he did it much better. He roasted my buddy, and I, yeah, I loved every yeah. second of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I gotta you know, practice roasting people. Just get on them. <laughs> well, we're starting to run out of time here. Oh, we got. Are you doing anything you want to plug in before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, actually, um, you know, there's a new, uh, comedy club that opened up, um, in Louisville, Louisville Comedy Club. It's, I believe, on Main Street. Have you checked it out yet? No, I haven't. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, it's great. Uh, so we have Caravan, um, and, you know, that's a great space, but it's, it's a still small space. I feel like this new comedy club, uh, let me get the address, um, they bring in, like, a-listers, and um, they're great, and it sits 300, and they started, uh, it's on 110 West Main Street. Uh, on Wednesday nights, they started an open uh, mic. I'll be there June 29th, and they give you, they give a lot of locals just an opportunity to go up there. Um, so I'll be there June 29th, uh, that's a plug-in. And then on uh, June, this is going to be, uh, I'm really excited to share this, this is Got to be my, like, first 15-minute set. Did you believe that? Somebody is taking a chance and giving me a 15-minute set. Um, and it's going to be in, um, where is that? i got to find out where it is. <laughs> Make sure I know where I'm going. Here it goes. Uh, in Franklin. In Franklin, uh, Kentucky. Uh, and I'm gonna, hosting will be Kevin Duane Temple, Temple, and he's amazing. So I'm excited about that. June 25th. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely put that in the description. Oh, nice. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. All right. Final question. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> he crossed the road. Because she was running away from a mass shooter. <laughs> oh no, that's not the final question. I've right, got one more. I skipped over one. A very important one. <laughs> what what, is, there, what is the question? What's the important one? Is there anything you won't joke about? Yeah. So, uh, a veteran comic he recommended that when I start my shows, to never do any race jokes. So, I never do any NASCAR jokes. 